Blog Talk Radio. Uh, yes, on the uh, didgeridoo. It was a big success. 
giving a kiss when they left. I give them a kiss. I thank them for coming, and uh, I give them a free pass <laughs> next week because they wanted drinks too, you know. Wow, I, I give a dollar to see that, Enzo. <laughs> oh, you got to listen to it more than you see it. It's kind of boring to see my cheeks bulge out like I'm going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have the didgeridoo nearby? Well, I, yeah, let me, let me see. I've been trying to tune it up this morning. Oh, the children, <laughs> a lot of children out there don't know that uh, what a didgeridoo is. But, you know, this, you, you have no idea what's coming up because this, this sound is very appropriate for our next guest. The didgeridoo is, it, a, is a native uh, Australian instrument of the Aborigines. It's, a, it's like a big a tree trunk with the insides are carved out. And to tune it up, you take your jackknife out and you make a couple of cuts here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can get some some jazzy sounds out of this. Hold on, here we go. Okay. Yay! Yay! Wonderful. Wonderful. I can just I wish imagine. I more, but I'm going to pass out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can just imagine stomping at the Savoy down oh. by on the didgeridoo. Well, that's, I was going to do the swell, which is usually a, a song for the saxophone, but uh, it would take it too long, and uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, very touching. Enzo, play some blues on the didgeridoo. I can do a blues. Uh, sometimes I do the blues, though. It sounds like everything else I do on the didgeridoo. Uh, <laughs> do, do some didgeridoo blues. I can Did do you a give different instrument. You're amazing, Enzo. Well, on the line, waiting to jump in here, all the way from Maryland, is Silly Goose and Val. And uh, Val, are you there? Uh, uh, no, no, Val is not here. This is Silly Goose. We left, we left <laughs> Val. She's upstairs taking a shower, so she'll look really good for the radio. <laughs> It is very nice to be here. Is that is that Patricia Shee? That is me, Silly Goose. How is you? Oh, I am so fine. I am so glad to meet you. I know all about you. I know all about you too. Really? Are you a fan? Uh, yes, I'm a big fan because you are so silly, and I love. Silly people. Oh, uh, I love silly. I, I love geese. I'm a person. That was my mommy. Well, she calls me a goose, but, well, I'm not sure, actually. I have a few identity problems. Maybe you have multiple personalities. Could be. Could be, yeah. Well, regardless, I love you can all. talk to He'll straighten you right out. Oh, it wasn't that didgeridoo. It sounded just like my mommy. <laughs> I, I may be homesick. <laughs> That's the best description of didgeridoo I ever heard. Yes. <laughs> and I like your accent. Ah, well, that's good. I don't well, have an accent. Really <laughs> oh, oh. 
Excuse, excuse me. Okay. I was mistaken. Well, the, uh, the Allegheny Society hears of this, so they're going to make a bigger noise. Just go ahead. They're going to do a what? The Dante Allegheny Organization. Okay. If you say something about accent, they're going to send me letters, I'm sure. Uh-oh. Oh, well, Oh, no. They'll, the bats still make a little foie gras. Ah. <laughs> no. no, excuse me. This, this is Val. I, I just came here and, here and found Silly Goose talking on the phone. <clears throat> excuse me. Hi, Val. Hi. Hi. I didn't Val. know. Yes? <laughs> well, well did Silly Goose, town. did she call you? I'm so sorry. Well, no, no, I didn't call. I didn't call. They called me. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just let you go ahead then. Excuse me. I'll, I'll butt out here. It's Silly Goose's chance. Yeah. No, Val, you missed the didgeridoo, which sounds like a cross between a goose and a vacuum cleaner. Oh, I love a didgeridoo. You know, you can make one. You can make one out of PVC pipe if you just. You know what you can make it out of? You know the tubes that come in uh, tin foil. You can take one of those once it's all empty, and you you into the end of it, and it's like a small didgeridoo. Huh. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. I saw many of the uh, Aborigines in Australia using that very technique. <laughs> they were running oh, around wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute Enzo. Yes. <laughs> That's not true, Enzo, is it? Oh, it's, it's a wonderful culture, yes. Oh, I want to be one. You want to be an <laughs> Aborigine? I want to be an Aborigine. Or a didgeridoo. Either one is good with me. I'm good. I, I think that mostly I want to be an Aborigine. I want to be an original something or other. Silly Goose, you are such an original. You don't have to be anything other than yourself. Oh, oh thank you, Patricia. <laughs> that is well, the power of fun, Patricia, yes? Yes, yes, and everybody should realize that they are so powerful just by being themselves because there's the one and only you. Yes, exactly. I like that. I like that. The one and only me. Yes, the one and only you. You make my heart come true. And so we are so privileged to have an opera singer on the show. Well, I'm an ex-opera singer. Now I just write and direct, and that's because my voice is pretty much gone. It doesn't let you blow out your voice when you sing the opera, you know. Oh. It doesn't, yeah, after a while, it doesn't sound the same. That's so sad. My larynx is on vacation as we speak. It's not even in my throat anymore. Yes. Oh, oh, that's so sad. (laughs) It is. I used to sing a lot more. Whoever's cracking almonds right now, if you could put your phone on mute while you crack the almonds. <laughs> Is that you, Enzo? <laughs> no, no, not me. No, no, no. Last week we listened to uh, somebody washing the dishes. <laughs> not me. Not me either. I couldn't turn a page if I tried or crack an almond. I only have wings. Uh, well, either they're, they're, they're cracked almonds or shop. We do have another caller, thank goodness. Oh, by the way, the call-in number is 347-996-3903. For those, with, we invite any caller and all callers. And so who is our other person here? We have our... Um, is is because uh, I don't think um, Silly Goose called in all by her own line. She doesn't have her own line, does she, Val? 
No, no, no. She does not have her own line. I think she she got down here and got to the phone and probably got some help, maybe from my husband dialing the phone. That's what I think. Oh, you guessed it. It's right. It was him. <laughs> so but there is someone have... there. There is someone there. I wonder who it is. In order to, they're either shuffling their feet or doing something. But they, you know, this happens once in a while. They don't talk to us, but that's okay. Could be someone very young. Hello. Yeah, that, Hello. That would... Who is it? Who's calling? Is it a friend of mine? <laughs> oh, Ooh, I don't a know. mystery guest. Truly a mystery guest. Oh. Invite you, we invite you anyway. And uh, well, what do you say we uh, go down? And let Bucky uh, come. I think I see Bucky on the other side of the studio there. Uh, he is. He's actually uh, coming in here. Let me see. We always like to give him a little fanfare when he uh, when he walks through. Here we go. <laughs> no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> They've had enough adventure for a while, and they're just going to get a simple day at the beach. Let's see what happens. 
Oh, Bucky, I can't believe we're finally at the beach. It's a beautiful but, day, oh, Betty. Oh, it is, Bucky. You know, uh, did you notice my sandcastle? Uh, it's a beauty, Betty. And this is a perfect day. At first, I didn't think it'd be great for the beach, but I'm so glad we came. Yeah, and I and I brought the 50 sunblock. You know, Bucky, you always have to have the sunblock. Make sure you put it on, Bucky. you got to wear the sunblock. That's right. You don't want to be a burnt bean. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, Can you pass me... Um. Can you pass me in my other bucket? Yes. What, what are you going to do now? Well, you know, sometimes when I make a sandcastle, I make I always take two buckets because one bucket makes a big bean pot, and then the other one makes a car. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, here it is. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like you're really not really good. helping me dig. Well, I, I, I thought, you know, Sunday's my day off. I've been working real hard in the garage. And, but you, know, you always help me make sandcastles. I know, but Betty... And it seems like you're just kind of looking out into the ocean. I am, Betty. I don't, you know, maybe... Would you like an ice cream or something? You know, maybe mm. I can do that for you. Well, yeah, if you... Yeah, you know what I really, really, really would like? Go ahead. I would like to have a root beer flow. You know what that is, Bucky? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like those, too. What? Yeah, you put root beer and you put ice cream in it so I could get the ice cream and then I could get a drink and then it could be putting them together. Yeah, and then I have a root beer flow because the yeah. ice cream floats in the root beer. And then I be... get the idea, Betty. I get the idea. Yeah. I'm gonna, and I'm it's kind you... of like my sandcastle. I made, like, this water and, and I, I had this I, little plastic. I get the idea, Betty. I'm gonna... It is flowing. I see that. I'll, listen, I'm going to... You, 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 you just... don't seem very happy with my uh, Castle, I'm just thirsty myself. It's a beautiful thing, class. I'm gonna go get the, the root beer floats. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. Well, you're you're gone. I'm gonna eat some popcorn. Popcorn? Where'd you get the popcorn? Oh, I got a big bag of popcorn. I'll share it with you when you come back. Okay. Well, I'll be right back. You know. Oh boy, all I wanted to do was relax today, but what the heck is you know, you're building sink castles in the beach and I'm trying to relax and I gotta help us over the castle. Let me just go get a couple of root beer floats and maybe that'll keep her happy and I'll be happy and then, you know, we'll have a little nourishment and it'll be all good, but boy, this sand is hot on my Wow, okay. Yeah, excuse me. Can I have a couple of root beer floats, please? Thank you very much. Okay, Okay, Betty, where are you, Betty? What the heck is this? There's nothing but seagulls all around. All of a sudden, there's tons of seagulls. I'm over here, Bucky! Betty, where are you? Oh, my gosh, Bucky, I don't know what happened. What happened? I'm over here. Where? I'm surrounded by, like, 500 seagulls. I see them. I see them. I started feeding one, put corn, and then one told another one, and then two left, and then five came back, and then... Then he must have told his friend that told his friend. And then I got all these seagulls. And there's a lot of people not very happy. A lot of, I mean, beans are not happy with me, Bucky, right now. What, Betty, what was Oh, my gosh, do? they're on my blankets. They're, they they just took the whole bag. The bag where, is gone. Where, Look the at them over going? there. They, they're actually helping you, themselves Betty, with my popcorn. Don't you know you can't see seagulls? Because, you know, they also will not. Oh, my gosh, what just, what just. Try to move this blanket, okay? I can't. I know, but oh my gosh, look at he—he's not very nice. Look at him, look at me, Bucky. He's, gonna get he's you. giving me I, these. I know. Watch out! He's gonna—he's he's gonna try to pet you. He thinks you're oh, a piece of popcorn. 
Right. He doesn't want me to take the bag away from I him. I know that. That's what you started. Look, you can't do that. You can't see He's ruining on. my sandcastle. Betty, look, just grab my hand. Let's go. We've got to make a break for this. Get the heck out of here before these crazy people go out of the mine. It's too much. Well, that was far from a simple day at the beach. Boy, Bucky and Betty never seem to get a break, do they? Stay tuned. that I wanted. Now, I have a question for, for Silly Goose. I mean, do you ever kind of drop down and get to somebody's blanket and, and, and steal their popcorn? Oh, oh, no, geese are far more, far more polite. However, there are some Canadian-type geese that I know who do travel in packs, and if you have bread in your hand, they can be a little bit forward, if you know what I mean. I do, yeah. it's chased by a Canadian goose. Those Canadians, they just have no sense of protocol. No, no, no. See, I'm a nice little white domesticated goose, and I'm very sweet. I may be a little mousy, but I do not bite or grab bread out of people's hands. I prefer a little bit of oh, something delicious like, oh, I don't know, caviar, you know. Wow. So you're, you're pretty sophisticated, little, little goose. That's, I, so do, I, do I you, am. Yes, I am a world traveler. Are you a goose or a gander? I am. Am I a what? I'm only a two, you know. Or a so gander. I don't, a, a goose or a gander. Take a gander. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm a little girl. I'm a little girl. I'm sorry, you're a girl. I'm a girl. Yeah. Ah. Come on, Enzo. It's a it's a I mean, it's a goose, not a. Are can. you a boy? I mean, do beans well. come in boy and girl? First of all, that's a, that's a good question, you know. <laughs> you know what? Well, we are all. You can find out. Sure. We are all human beings. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, I'm not that's a human good. being. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Patricia. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very I like cool. that. Oh. Yeah. Well, well I you know. Go ahead, Patricia. Let's have a question for Silly Goose. Silly Goose, do you ever fraternize with Canadian geese? Fraternize. Fraternize. What a big <laughs> word. You mean, do I have brothers who are Canadian geese? Uh, maybe cousins or pals. Do you have, you know, like, you know, friends, I, Canadian well, geese? I talked to a Canadian goose once, but all he would say is, eh? <laughs> and, and, hey, don't you know? Hey, and I found it a little boring, personally. I took well, you know, I think you, you, you know, Patricia. I I think Tom got back in the studio for a second. Um, you know, Patricia. <laughs> I think we have a song for you right now that would uh, from you that would kind of talk about all of this relative stuff. Would can can, uh, can I spin that for you? Do I have a song about geese? You no, but you have a song about relatives. I'm going to play it. All right. Oh, cool. Be my guest. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. I have a favorite uncle. He is really nice to me. Although it's not his name. 
him, I always call him Uncle T. Who helps in this old world, but him can do that funny dance. And, and uncles, uncles, and aunts. Oh, when you hear me scream, it's always Uncle T to blame. He flies around the house like a crazy aeroplane. He teaches me to perp on you and other irritants. And, and uncles, uncles, and aunts. And uncles, uncles and aunts They're born and married into a required by circumstance Who do you turn to when your folks say you can't? And, and uncles, uncles and aunts And I have a favorite auntie who lives in another state She lets me suck on sugar cubes and lets me stay up late And buys me all the things my mother calls extravagant And, and uncles Uncles and aunts She takes me to the coolest places you have ever seen I bet she'd even let me dye my hair and eyebrows green Who is the one who always gives the seventh second chance? And, and uncles, uncles and aunts And, and uncles, uncles and aunts They're born and married into or acquired by circumstance Who do you turn to when you both say you can't? Should have someone who only wants to spoil Somewhere to run to when parents' tempers start to boil Someone who can be your friend and trusted confidant An aunt or uncle is a kind of relative Who was put on this great earth Just to give and give and give Who else would give me 40 weeks allowance in advance And, and uncles, uncles and aunts I guess I really wouldn't want to train my mother or my dad But aunts and uncles are the next best things I ever had When they're coming to my rescue every time a parent ran And, and uncles Uncles and aunts, and uncles, uncles and aunts. They're born and married into or acquired by circumstance. Who do you turn to when your folks say you can't? And uncles, uncles and aunts. Who do you turn to when your folks say you can't? And uncles, uncles and aunts. And uncles, uncles and Because there are a lot of ants in Beantown right around now. They come out in the summertime. All the bugs that come out, sure. Oh, well, I mean, that's the song. We have, that song we have like a, that song yeah, sounds like a little bit like a sea shanty, you know? It had that flavor of a sea yeah, song. Yeah, well, well, I, I uh, like, but it had me hopping, hopping, and singing. And you know, some oh, geese eat ants. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> different kind of ants, I hope. <laughs> Oh, 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 I get it. I thought you were talking about the, okay, uncles and, oh, I see, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, in, in Beantown, it's aunts, you know, not aunts. aunts. Yeah, yeah. aunts, aunts. Oh, and I, I suppose you also in Beantown have vases. vases yeah, yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, uh, Silly, I, I bet you were doing the goose step to that one, weren't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you can't trick me into that. I did my own little goose dance, but no goose stepping over here. <laughs> no goose stepping. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, we like to we like to have a little levity here in in uh, in in Beantown. So, well, Aww. I mean, Enzo, who, who have you got appearing at the Opera House these days? I know last week you were talking about you had Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, what 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 is happening at the Opera House this week? We're finishing the final rehearsals for the grand new epic opera I wrote. Uh, we talked about before Beans and Franks. Love a story. And uh, next week, we're going to have a dress rehearsals, and that's open to the public. If they want to come to the opera house uh, all week long, we'll be doing dress rehearsals. So we hope to have this uh, opera premiere perhaps uh, uh, by uh, September 1st or so. So Be- anyone Wow. Wow. Beans and Frank is one of my favorite. Big a cast. Big a cast of beans. All of our casters, uh, as you know, uh, they're all half-baked. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there are some very nice rappers in Washington D.C. whose names are Beans and Frank. They're really good. They would be good guestesses on your show. Wow, they could be. Maybe they could be a guest at the Opera House. Oh, I bet they could. They're pretty well, awesome. Well, it would be for them to play Bean Town. Yeah, oh, God. they'd love it. I'm well, sure. Well, listen, guys. I I really enjoyed visiting you guys, and uh, but I got to get back to uh, to Bean Town. I got you know a big race coming up today. So, uh, so listen, it was really nice and silly. You are silly. I really enjoyed you. And, uh, you know, sometime come on down to Beantown and, and hang out with, um, you know, Mother Goose and a few of the others that come over from Storyland from time to time. Sure, sure. I'll do that. Ooh, oh, uh, Bucky. Right. Bucky. Bucky, come visit more often. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. And I think I, I see, think I see Tom coming into the studio right now. Yep, there he is. Okay, so long, everyone. Bye. 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 Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> boy, he's quite a character. That that Bucky, isn't he? We love Bucky. Aww. Yeah, boy, that situation we got into with the, on the blanket with all the seagulls and uh, <laughs> Betty and scary. the popcorn. That was scary. Yeah. Scary. I was scared. <laughs> yeah. It was scary. Well, listen, I Silly, can silly. I talk? Oh, sorry. Silly, can I talk to Val? Oh, um. Yeah, I'll guess. Val, Val, Val. What? 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Oh, hi. Here. Sorry. Hi. I was busy. But, hello. Hey, Val. Welcome. Welcome to our show today. This is a big. There's been a big event the last month for you in these past few weeks because you just came out with your new book. Uh yes. Springtime dance, which is we are so happy. It's a lifelong dream of mine to to have made one beautiful, artistic children's project. And this is it. It's gorgeous. The illustrations well, by Kimberly Hopkins. Go ahead. Yeah, can we, can we do the song so that can kind of give us an idea, a glimpse into what's inside the, uh, you the book and the it's CD? It's the song that started everything off. Okay, let's go. Here we go. Coming and the bees are humming and the birds are singing in the trees. Frogs are peeping, waking up from sleep, and pollywogs are growing feet and knees. Worms are squirming at the earth, they're turning, turning up the soil for the plants. 
birds are nest, not a one is rest. Get ready for that springtime dance. Springtime dance for the spring in your step. Step to the right and step to the left. Springtime dance like a bird on the wing. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Springtime dance for the spring in your step. Step to the right and step to the left. Springtime dance like a bird on the wing. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Daffy down, dilly, looking down, right, silly, wearing yellow hats in the bright sunshine. Groundhogs creeping in my garden, sneaking, eating every single flower of mine. Bitter, bitter, patter, raindrops splatter down on the flowers, squirrels and dogs. Robin Redbreast is so well dressed, listening for worms at the springtime ball. Springtime dance for the spring in your step. Step to the right, step to the left. Springtime dance like a bird in the wind. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Springtime dance for the spring in your step. Step to the right, step to the left. Springtime dance like a bird in the wind. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Shake, shake, shake your tail feathering. Thank you. So cool. I love oh, that little yeah. jazz I gotta there. Say, Which the is piano this? playing on that is by a guy named Buddy Larkin, who just blows my mind. And the drums, Chris Savage, uh, another friend, just awesome musicians. I did the bass and the vocals. but And the birds. No, I didn't do the birds. The birds did the birds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I, I, my... First impression there is a little uh, Joni Mitchell influence almost. Oh, really? Because my, my yeah. I think the main influence on my musical life is um, Ella Fitzgerald, Oscar wow. Peterson. Um, oh. I go back a while. Uh, so, yeah, Joni Mitchell, that's interesting because I've always loved Joni Mitchell. But, man, I wouldn't have yeah. thought of that in 100 years. Yeah, and, you know, she, of course, obviously she was influenced by the same as well. Listen, we have a caller. I hope this one talks. Okay. 443. Yeah, 443. Who do, who do we have? Hi, this is Kim Hopkins. Who it's is it? Ki- it's Kimberly Hopkins, the illustrator. Hey, 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 terrific. I didn't know you were going to be here. Val, um, why don't you tell the audience who Kimberly is? Kimberly is uh, the illustrator of the book. I met her at a painting event, a, uh, a painted palette it's called, and it's where they, they get a bunch of women together, they give you a glass of wine, they give you a palette, they give you the paints, and they teach you to paint a picture. And I looked at the woman's picture next to mine, and I thought, oh, ringer, she can draw. Her, her circles were round, and my circles are like crushed raisins. So I said to her, uh, you can draw. She said, yes, I teach graphic arts at Towson University in, in um, Maryland. And we got to talking, and then she said how she'd always wanted to do a children's book. And I said, oh, well, I've always wanted to do one, too. I had this song. We got to talking. She spent the next year just bringing this song to life with her illustration. So, Kimberly, why don't you tell us something about uh, your process? Sure. Um, so you start by taking the wonderful music that Val wrote and breaking it down so that you um, understand where the words will fall page by page. And then you work on character sketches, usually in pencil first. And then after those are approved, then you start adding in the colors and the textures and the painting and all of the wonderful things that go with illustration. You know, and I read your uh, – when I read – the uh, newspaper article explaining all of that, you talked about this took a long time. Would you say about a year? Yeah, it does. It takes about a year, yeah. 
in part because I run a studio as well, so to work all that stuff into your schedule. But it is a, it's, it's not a quick process by any means, even if you're dedicated to it full-time all day long. Right. And now, Val, the words, because of the jazz, uh, the jazz beat and the tempo, et cetera, on that, what, um, what exactly, I mean, it's, it was hard for me to catch it all, but what's the gist of the, of the song and the story in the song? It is, and the, the spring is coming, and the bees are mm-hmm. humming, and the birds are singing uh, the trees. Frogs are peeping, waking up from sleeping. Pollywogs are growing feet and knees. Worms nice. are turning as the earth they're churning. Oh, I have that wrong. Wor- worms are squirming as the earth they're turning, churning up the soil for the plants. Birds are nesting, not a one is resting, getting ready for the springtime dance. And then there's a nice little chorus where everyone does the springtime dance. Springtime dance, put a spring in your step, step to your right, step to your left, springtime dance like a bird on the wing, shake a shake a shake, your tail fed the rings. Here's the second nice. verse. I could go on. Nice. Me too. And, and so what, what uh, is, now the, the book is what, 32 pages long? The book is 32 pages, and basically Kimberly did such a beautiful job of breaking down a picture for each verse. So spring is coming and the bees are humming, the birds are singing in the trees. She has a beautiful picture for that. I love the frogs. Frogs are peeping, waking up from sleeping. These big-eyed frogs peeping out of the water and some peeping over the hills. And then we have earthworms, and we know how important earthworms are. Birds are nesting. Right, and so it goes on, and then her second verse is daffodown dillies looking downright silly, wearing yellow hats in the bright sunshine. Gorgeous picture, this big daffodil. Oh, wait, you just, these pictures are so colorful, so bright, so just charming. I, everyone has seen them. The book has been selling itself. I go places and people just buy them out of my car. <laughs> I had some. Well, <laughs> fabulous. Well, you know, the, the illustration, especially for children, never mind for children, for uh, even us adults, it's one of the joys you get out of reading a children's book is that you get to be a kid again and, and uh, look at these beautiful illustrations and get lost in them. And, you know, I found that uh, so many great books, the great illustrators, you know, bring you to another place. I mean, it's almost like you're in a, a dream, uh, but it, it's certainly a shift in the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you try that intentionally, Kimberly? I really try to think as much like a little kid as I can and to instill as much fun in the drawings as I can, both to help them understand and follow along with the story, but also just to convey that sense of of energy and what a wonderful, interesting world they're reading about at the moment. I have a question for Val. Uh, Val, do, does if somebody buys your book, does the CD of the song come with it? Yes, it does. The, the CD's in the back of the book with some extra songs, actually. So there's Springtime Dance and also Dino Dance, Recycle, and Bam Shabam are on the little CD we put in the back. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's actually, we... Go ahead. Yeah, we have... We have um, well, we, we, I don't know if we have Dino. I'm looking for Dino, but it's I know we have. We, yeah, I, but I, it didn't look like it. But we have Rufus. Can we play the dragon? Oh, Rufus. Well, I don't know. He's here as well. He's very shy. Oh, he is. You know. He's, he's oh, here. Right. Well, but let me see if you'd come out and just be, before the song. Or would you rather play the song first? Maybe if you play the song, that will encourage him to come out. Okay. Ooh, but we, and, he's high. Yeah. Let's 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 do that, and we'll see. Um, here we goes. There we go. Oh, 
wanted to try to bring out the the humor and the, the jazz components of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've certainly had a fair few a fair few tulips lost to groundhogs and deer, so I understood the frustration of that verse. <laughs> for and so, so that one was fairly easy to uh, to convey. I related to that one quite well. No, I I haven't 
I've just seen the cover of the book. I haven't been able to see the inside yet. So describe oh. what kind of maybe Val or you can describe what kind of a of a, a groundhog is he? Is a is he a a, 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 a very sneaky uh, groundhog? Or is he a friendly? <laughs> or is he just what what kind of groundhog did you make? He's very friendly. He's big and round and puffy with little tiny hands, and he's sitting there with a tulip in behind his little teeth and his bulgy eyes. I did, in fact, um, well, anyway, yes, and he's, uh, he, there's a sign behind him that says, Groundhogs keep out, and he's just very happily munching away. And then three beautiful tulips with no f- tops, just the green. <laughs> I can't, the colors are so bright. Everyone, know, everyone says, oh, just how beautiful the colors are. And Kimberly knows about that. She even knows the numbers of all these colors. Did you know colors and numbers <laughs> on the computer? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, that's right, the uh, the chart. I forget the name. What is the name of that chart? Um, there's Pantone charts, but there's also CMYK charts, too. So there's there's all kinds of numbers. Wow, I Great. didn't know that, that color. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can tell you, my favorite yellow, my favorite yellow is F-E-F-F-H-F. Wow. Does it have a name? Oh. Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> well, what about F F? Da 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 nine. Those I'll are have web to look. colors. Yeah, those are the web colors. Oh, those are web Tech- colors. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess speaking my of colors, web, I, I can't tell well Go ahead. Why don't you all give your websites right now, so that the uh, listeners can tune? By the oh. way, the, if there are any listeners out there that have the, you know, the the, the inclination to call in, it's three four seven nine nine six three nine zero three. And if you do call in, it would be nice if you speak. <laughs> so 347-996-3903. And so why don't we start with, um, with you, Val. What is the, the website? Well, thank you. you are so, it's so nice to have people around me who are thoughtful and remember things like this. Um, the website is www.sillygooseandval, all spelled out. The and is A-N-D. So www.sillygooseandval.com. And once you go there, you can click on the Silly Goose and Val shop, and you can buy the book and the CD combination, or just the CD if you'd care to do that. Uh, and it's the only two products on there, so it will not be very confusing for you. But SillyGooseAndVal.com, and it's a fun website to look around. We have videos. We have lots of things for you to look at. Mm-hmm. And, Kimberly, what is yours? Mine is KHopDesign.com. And so, it's primarily design work there at the moment, but that's my site. So K-Hop. why don't you give the, the, the letters so people don't get confused? Sure. K-H-O-P design, D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Great. Terrific. And, of course, Patricia, you know I'm yours. Not gonna, no, I'm not going to give mine. No. Oh, <laughs> all right. Twist my arm, Tom. It's Patricia She, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A. Last name is spelled S as in Sam, H-I-H dot com. And I, too, have um, video and CDs and all kinds of fun things. Books, too. Exactly. So, now, Kimberly, you are an illustrator, but also an artist, and there's a difference. Why don't you tell the kids what the difference is? All right, so an illustrator draws pictures uh, for books or for 
buildings or for whatever people need pictures drawn for. There's a, it's a very big field, and you can choose. You can draw all of those things. Um, a designer takes pictures and words and puts them together to make books and brochures, posters. Sometimes we create logos. We create websites. So it also is a very, very big field, but that's the predominant difference. Illustrators generally draw only, and designers generally take all of that stuff and put it together. Mm, that's oh. a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sorry. So does that mean that you, you, you designed where the words would go on the page? I did. I, I illustrated and designed the book. Um, and that's a, tribute, that's a tribute to my graduate education because they, they put a big focus on bringing the design world and the illustration world back together again. Um, they used to be in the very early, early um, 1900s and 1800s. There wasn't really a distinction. And just over time, it became two separate roles. And so that was part of the focus of my graduate education was to convince the designers to draw more and convince the illustrators to think about words and putting things together as a whole more. It was, a, it was a wonderful education. Well, wow. Kimberly, uh, what, I, mean, I had no idea that I was so lucky to run into Kimberly, who has those talents, because if, um, I believe, Thomas, I did send you a, a second PFD, PDF that has the, the illustrations from the book in it, if you can look for that, because you will, you will enjoy them thoroughly. They are amazing. And the way she took the type and decided which word would be big and which would be little and where on the page it is, uh, I didn't know how beautifully blessed I've been to find Kimberly. <laughs> Kimberly, do you do you do you actually paint and draw the illustrations, or because I know that I have friends who are illustrators and they have um, they have sort of fallen by the wayside in favor of publishers using computer graphics as opposed to actually painting an illustration or drawing an illustration. They do it on the computer, in other words. Right. So mine is a mix of both. So the first part of my process was drawn. Everything's drawn by hand with pencil and paper. And then when I was ready to make a decision about how to get my drawings to the press, I decided to use what's called a Cintiq. It is a, a drawing tablet, but you can it's almost like another computer screen. And I can see, I can trace right over the top of my drawings by looking at the screen out of my computer. So that's how I, because all, all illustrations ultimately have to be digitized in some way, whether they're photographed or scanned or however, to get onto the press. So I, I, re, I sort of traced over my hand drawings that way. Then I also, um, whenever I wanted a textural element, I would paint that on paper in my studio until I was happy with it. And then I would scan those textures in and add them into the digital file for every single thread. And the other wonderful thing that you can do with computers is you can take, I had lots of just single, single quick um, brush strokes that I made with with paint, and I could scan those in, and I could turn them into digital brushes on the computer, and I could add certain textural swooshes and brush strokes where I felt that they were needed wow. um, digitally. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. There's, you know, <laughs> so, so instead of looking at the computer as enemy, you look at it as, as a friend and, and a, an aide, yes? It is. It's a, it's, and I tell my students, it's not... Um, it's a tool. It's not uh, a thing that solves your problems for you. You still have to do all the work. <laughs> it's a tool that allows you to get what you want to the end result, whether that be online or on press. 
it's so. kind of parallel to a musician because the musician still has to make the music, still has to write the songs, still has to sing, maybe still has right. to play the instruments. But with computers now, you don't necessarily have to know how to play that instrument. Mm. You don't even need to be able to sing in tune nowadays. But uh, that's <laughs> oh, we've had many discussions in the studio about yes. that. Yes. yes, that's another that's another discussion. But how fascinating yeah. is that? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't know. This is news to me that you didn't know how to have to. Play. In other words, you can write the score, and then the computer will play that particular instrument for you. Yes. You can tell it. Wow. You write the score, and you can say, "I want this to be violin, or I want this to be even voice, or I want this to be," you know, and then it just plays it back. So it's putting a lot of musicians out of work, actually. <laughs> but it doesn't usually sound. I mean, it doesn't sound. You have to be very, very talented to make a computer. A violin sound like a real violin. There's there's a rich textural, uh, right. I guess it's like painting that, that something that's there yeah. in the live musician. There's also the the energy of the live musicians that is missing in totally computerized music. I do a lot of computerized music. What I'll do is play the violin part on a keyboard, and I have one another little rotating dial that'll make it you know, crescendo and decrescendo, and so I can I can get some nuanced playing in there. Um, but it's mostly my keyboard playing transferred to another instrument. Well, I, I mean, do it live as opposed to just putting a live on. musician is always better than a dead one. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen that coming. <laughs> and, you know that idea of the computer sort of. I was very mindful of that as I was putting things together. So when I would create a brushstroke for something, I tried to make sure that if if I used it more than once, that I did something to it to differentiate it from the one I had just done so that it didn't look like someone had just taken the same stroke and hit the button 16 times, you know, so that it felt more human in the way that it was used. Um, Because it is really easy for something to start to feel computer-made versus Mm. made by hand. So I was trying to blend those worlds a little bit. Now, you mentioned that it has to be digitized in order for it to go on right. the press. I mean, can, right. can you, you can just, could you just paint a whole illustration and then somehow scan that? I mean, can it be totally done by hand? Oh, yeah. Completely. Sure, of course, yes. Um, depending on how large the illustration is, you might have to go find uh, a printing company that has a very big drum scanner to fit the whole thing on there in one pass. Um, or you can get a, a fabulous photographer to photograph them for you, and then they'll... And then, isn't there a problem with with transferring the colors? Though, if you if you take the picture, you're never the colors can end up wonky. Mm. Um, right, Kimberly? Yes, there's always color correcting that has to be done whenever you either photograph something or scan something. And some pink colors don't translate particularly well when that happens. So there's a lot of shifting and readjusting that has to be done on the computer after they've been put in. So either way, the computer p- plays a big role in how it gets out to the press. Um, it's it's just a matter of which way you want, which road you want to travel down. I I have another question about the book itself. Um, have you ever considered e-books? I I haven't for this one because the, because the picture, the holding of this book, the pictures, the texture. It's just I can't imagine doing it on a on a computer. Well, um, the reason I ask is because I was approached by a publisher of e-books for children uh, to turn some of my songs into, into e-books. And the cool thing about that, you know, I have mixed feelings about it, number one, because I love physical books. But the cool thing about it is that you can embed video, you can embed 
uh, MP3s. So you don't have a separate CD in it. Um, they, you can animate it. Uh, there's so many fascinating things you can do with e-books e now. I'm sure there are. I'm, I'm just not ready to go there yet. I'm still, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm 64. I have six grandchildren. I want them crawling up on my lap, not with a computer, but with a book. <laughs> I hear you. So I just, uh, and there's something about the computer screen. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I love it. I, I've been doing computers since I, my, fir my first Apple had a 64-megabyte hard drive, okay? <laughs> that was my first computer. Megabyte. Megabyte. Megabyte hard drive. <laughs> and so I've grown up. With the with the computers and and I love them I adore them, um, but this but books maybe maybe it's just my book maybe I'm very possessive I don't know. No, I think you know I think that they'll always the last holdout for an actual physical book will, I think, be the children's books. Yes, yeah. because you want that child cuddled on your lap. Yeah. <laughs> with a cool book that doesn't overheat and make you sweat. That's. <laughs> <laughs> No, we we have a a part of the show that I love the most is that when we have people who are doing what they love to do and they're being rewarded by, you know, that dirty thing called money, but that's that dirty thing that puts food in our stomachs and puts a roof on our head and keeps us warm. Uh, and so, you know, I know Kimberly. Let's let's talk to you first about that because most kids love to draw. Right. And you you um, turned it into something you love to do every day, and it and it works. It does, and and I'm very grateful for that. And um, you you hope that everybody who has a certain love can can eventually put food in their stomachs and a roof over their head doing it. So I'm very grateful and very lucky that I've that I found that path for myself. Um, yeah, and so what what advice would you give to some child that? Um, that does that wants that loves to draw and has a passion for it, and everybody else is telling them, "Oh, you can't do that. You, you know, you have to go work in an office or something where there's a job." <laughs> so, um, any kid who has a has a thing that they love, whether that's music or art or cooking or reading or writing, whatever that happens to be, the best thing that you can do is just do it every day. Just keep practicing and keep practicing and, and expand what you know how to do. So that when you're old enough that you have to make choices about what you're going to be when you grow up, you have a really strong sense of, of your dream and what you want to follow and just give it a shot. Yay! I, I would like to, I'd like to add to that. You know, uh, what you've just talked about is something that I, I read, you know, I was always obsessed with the idea of success and how it was achieved and how you go about it. Because in my own personal story, I had to do that. I had, you know, I was fortunate that I had to do the things because I lost my leg at the age of 13 and I had a lot of things I wanted to do. And whenever I talk to any groups, especially cancer survivor groups, et cetera, I say that uh, the, when, when it, uh, an adversity hits you, when something bad happens, you have a choice. I mean, we have choices every single day about everything. But when an adversity hits, you can either decide in, to you know, be a victim or be a survivor or kind of feel bad for yourself and say that, well, now I am, you know, less than I was previously for whatever reasons. Or you can just say, well, I kind of want to get back in the game of life. I want to catch up and be, you know, um, do what 
I don't know the, if the right word is normal, but what they, most people do, what the average person does. So immediately what happened to me, I had to learn uh, all of the secrets of success at a very early age. Uh, unlike you know all of all of the courses that people take when they decide that they've got goals and all of these things, so I had a whole series of goals set up for myself that I wanted to learn how to walk again, that I wanted to learn how to ride a bike, that I wanted to learn how to swim, that I wanted to learn all of those physical activities. And they took exactly what you're talking about. It took that practice, that everyday struggle, that everyday going to whatever it is you want to achieve and working on it because it finally comes. And one of the things that's kind of funny about American culture or Western culture is that we give masters degrees after what six years of school and in most eastern and you know other societies you know to master something takes 30 or 40 years for the average person so we like to think of mastery as something that's going to happen overnight (laughs) kind of overnight or in a few years but what you just said is that mastery happens after years and years and years and years of going at it every single day and I'm sure Val feels the same way about it, but the, I, I still feel like I'm a student. You know, like every single project that I take on is something new, and it's why I love what I do because it, it's always changing and it's always giving me new avenues to try things. And so I think that's one of the joys of, of my field. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. And, all of, you know, all of us performers know that, that, you know, it takes – you know, it takes a lifetime to get really good at this. And then once you pass a barrier, it gets even more and more exciting because then a sense of, uh, well, a sense of grace comes in. I mean, it becomes almost effortless and becomes beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well said. I love this yeah, discussion. You, I have to leave, you, so I wanted to Patricia, say... Patricia, thank you. Well, we have... We have another uh, caller that I think has, has joined us this time, and we'll talk from 954. Patricia, thank you so much for coming along. Yeah. Always my pleasure. A lot of fun. So bye, Val. Bye. Bye, Patricia. Good to meet you. Good there to we meet go. You. There goes Patricia. <laughs> we'll give her a round of applause, too. All right. And 954, is this Shira? Yes, this is Shira. Hey, welcome, Shira Penn, all the way from Florida. Yeah. Welcome to the show. You, you've, you've, you've picked up the baton from Patricia. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, because we want to keep interviewing Val, and we want to hear some of her music and Kimberly and all of that. So why don't you tell us oh. about yourself and your involvement with children and, and your oh. what you do. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I started teaching little kids in 1960. So after 42 years of teaching first grade, second grade, kindergarten, little kids, um, I retired. So I've been retired 12 years. And after my retirement, I, you know, wanted to find, well, what am I going to do next? So I took a book that I had written with the children while I was a teacher, and I found a wonderful artist, and so we self-published a book called Grandma Shira Says Words of Wisdom. And then I wrote another book based on many of the quotes of famous people that have uh, influenced me in my journey to, to learn how to love myself. Um, and I, so that's called Grandma Shira Says More Words of Wisdom. 
So that was what I was able to do was create a business based around my books and go to schools and read with children. And so I'm still doing that. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I've also written lots of songs and lots of plays and so I, I was listening in earlier, and I do believe it's very important for children to enjoy creating, you know, whether it's writing stories or poems or art or music, whatever it is. And nowadays, from what I understand, they're not emphasizing that so much in the schools, and that makes me very sad because I think children learn the best, especially through music and art. That's right. Now, are you an actual musician as well, or I want to hear about how you wrote songs? Um, actually, I don't have a good voice anymore. I used to sing when I was younger, but my granddaughter has a beautiful voice. But I've written the songs anyway. <laughs> I write them, and I teach other people to sing them. So that's basically how it is. I wrote a wonderful song that's called A World Safe for Children. And when a group of children sing that song... It brings tears, you know, to people's eyes. So it's very heartwarming song. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, you talk about creativity. Val, why don't we play this one? I think it has, because you need these most of the time to be creative, though not always. But let's let's hear it. It's called, here we go. You can ex- tell us later. Hands are grand. Hands are grand. With a bassoon and banjo. I love my pick of instruments for this.
I love doing that with an audience and having the whole audience take their hands and make them arcs over their heads to one side of the back. It's, it's really fun for, as a performer to watch that. <laughs> you know, more than any other artist that's uh, been on, you have a great, uh, you continue to you have a strong jazz influence in there. And how do you, how do, you, how do the kids react to that? I love it because I they, think it, you know, go ahead. I think they love it. I mean, I think they love it. I don't know. I mean, I always, you listen to your music, you compare it to others and, and what you see. I mean, there's so much great rock and roll music for kids today. And I love rock and roll, but it's just not in my soul, as it were. I mean, right. because when I was in the, in the 50s, I grew up in the 50s, but all of my older brothers were jazz musicians. One, Jay Lenhart, very famous jazz bass player in New York, Bill Lenhart on the West Coast. So I was listening to Oscar Peterson and the Dixieland bands and the, things like that. And, and actually, I hate to say it, they, they sort of snubbed their noses at rock and roll. I learned to like rock myself later. But so I was brought up on this, and this is what is in my fiber, um, is just jazz. So it's, no matter what I write, it ends up being... And I did go to Berklee College of Music in Boston, and Bill would like that. I'm music. Yeah, uh, for a while. So hmm, it's, uh, the kids love well, it, can we, uh, I want to, since you're talking about it, I just found this song recently, and I just love what she, uh, I never heard of this person, and uh, I love what she does with this um, version of Summertime. Can we play that? Sure. Okay, here we go. And I think it'll say everything I'm saying about jazz and Maybe you 
Junction was my favorite song before this one, mm-hmm. and I looked at the years on all of those. Something happened in 1938 that uh, each each of these individuals must have influenced each other with this almost that groove. I mean, as I don't think there's any better way to describe that music. So who, than a, who is it? Who is it? I'm dying to know. That's Jerry Kruger, is her name, and uh, Jerry Kruger and her band. And you know, it's you know, I had never heard of her, and uh, obviously she. <laughs> I don't think anybody does it better than she does. That that was just that was nice. You know, exactly the simplicity and then the eccentricity of it at the same time. And you know, this is what I want to talk to uh, Shira about, and you about, and and also Kimberly is, I mean, there's so much in that song. I mean, that little simple groove. I know that as my time as a children's entertainer, I used to use music as a magician. And I would pick, I always picked the the big band stuff to introduce the kids to, to do that part of my show where I produced birds and doves and rabbits and things like that. And I would get, I could see the kids as soon as it went in. I could see them bopping. Yes. And I could see somebody, in fact, while I was listening, uh, and I want to talk to Kimberly about this in a little bit, I mean, I had amazing images in my head, and one of them, Val, I could see Silly Goose singing that song. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she does love the summertime, I'll tell you that. <laughs> she would be a howl singing that. Mm. But... Um, you know, Shira, the one of the things I want to talk to you, the, the couple of the lines in there that I find so comforting about that song is she says, you know, you'll be safe. You know, you don't have to worry. You know, your mommy and daddy will be right. there. And that's, that's your message, isn't it? Right. That's a wonderful message in that song. And also, things were so much um, what we think of as easier back then anyway. Um, and it's, I think that Children have nowadays. There's so much pressure on kids. You know, it's it's kind of sad. So let's go back to the summertime <laughs> and enjoy yeah, the living the music. is easy. Yeah, that's right. And the living is easy. And I had a great conversation with your friend Michelle Reynolds the other day on the show, where she's proposing that we go back to basics. Yes, I agree with her. Also, the basic thing is love and teaching children to love themselves and to love each other. That's the basic exactly. R. R is respect, responsibility, relationships. I think those are so important. Those are the three R's. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> Kimberly, right? what did you what kind of what kind of imagery did you get out of that song? Um there's a certain sense of uh 
calmness in it, actually, a certain sense of uh, sort of joyful solitude in it. Uh, I didn't feel, um, it had a different energy, I think, like um, a fun one, but it, with a reassurance underneath it. It was a steady tempo to it, so that's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, that's what I found. What, you, what about you, Val? You're the musician. Oh, um, just so many things. I just, it, I was, first of all, the simplicity, as I was saying, the, the simplicity of the arrangement at first, just the lovely bass, drums, da dunk da da that steady, ba dunk check da check da And her relaxed voice. And this is what I've always loved about yes. the jazz voice, is the, is the relaxed part of the voice. I mean, I love opera and I love other styles of singing, but I've never liked the sort of, yeah, <laughs> me after a while. Um, too much vibrato has always bothered me from the very beginning. So I love that clarity. And then the playfulness. Do that and back. Yeah. You know, it's no line. Adding the little, the little tag lines. Oh, just adore it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and I, I'm so glad that we can have this, uh, this venue to, to introduce kids to that. I know that um, I... Somehow in my 30s, I got, oh, well, actually what had happened, I'd take my children to, on a vacation down to Cape Cod, and he was a phenomenal, he was a great friend of mine, and he, you can find him on Saturday mornings on Sirius XM on the uh, the jazz station, uh, Dick Golden. And we would, we had this beautiful Cape uh, cottage, and the, the ocean with breeze would come in at night, and every night at 8 o'clock he would come on, and it was so... Uh, such an anachronism for the time, he would play standards, uh, which mm-hmm. were never on top 40. They had been, you know, rock and roll had taken them out, pop music had taken them out. So every night it was Sarah Vaughan and, you know, Ella and uh, mm-hmm. Billie Holiday and Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and all night long. And I just, my, it it's inspired me to go start buying, in those days we were actually still buying vinyl and so I had this amazing collection then and introduced my kids to that music every night at dinner. And as a result, you know, they're, they're huge fans of that music and that, um, that whole rhythm. And I think that's so important to give. I mean, because it is the American music, right? Yes, it is. And, of course, very, very well loved in, in Europe. My nieces and nephews are mostly musicians. One is uh, Wayne Escoffrey is a fantastic uh, saxophone player he travels all over the world i think he's in japan right now but as always they do a lot of work in france and germany because the europeans just love this music perhaps more than culturally more than the americans do as a whole i think oh yeah absolutely well well one of the things i noticed when in your music when you start to do that and it's been written about a lot that jazz is you know, like, you know, the the baby Einstein thing in classical music, that from listening to jazz music, that the brain it, it develops in ways unlike what it would do with, say, popular music. Hmm. I should think so. I wonder if it just from listening to it or if you understand it a little better? No, no, just by listening because of the intricacies and the... Um, you know, the, it isn't. You know, just it isn't just the same pattern over and over again. It's moving up uh, and down, sideways, back, forth. So the mind, you know, yes. uh, uh, tries to sink in with that, and hence, you know, because it is, you know, obvious. Well, I don't want to judge, call it judgmental, because I love all kinds of music, but it definitely is more evolved. Yes, I want to say it's a more a more beautiful flower, as it were. There were songs that my children, when they were teens, would listen to, especially my son. 
would listen to these songs with these repetitive patterns, and after a while, I would have to say, turn, turn, turn it off. I can't, yeah. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> My mind would just go numb with the sound of that. Yes. So I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying there, Thomas. Yeah. No, sh- uh, Shira, since you spent yeah. a lot of time watching from the 60s, from the t- 60s to the new millennium, watching what happened in schools. What what what's your take on on the um, you know as each decade went through? What what did you see? Well, I do think that they still do incorporate music in the schools in some way or another, even if it's in an after-school program. My daughter teaches school, and she. W- um, had a drama club and they did Broadway shows as part of um, their program, but it was after school. But I would come into her room from time to time and bring in some of my, not only the music that I wrote, but I love to listen to self-esteem kind of songs and um, uplifting music and also calming music. So I think music is very important and the children need, need to learn to appreciate and enjoy it all. And it's just a matter of a teacher sneaking it in there. (laughs) I have to throw in here one of my favorite things that I read once a long time ago in Scientific America. They were talking about the Big Bang and how matter got organized into things. And they said the first first organizing wave was a sound wave, Mm -hmm. much like Uh. the song or the word or something. So I, I am fascinated by this idea that what we hear and what we listen really does form uh, in somehow matter, and it could very well be. I mean, who knows? It could be going into your little brain and putting those molecules in, in a nice little calming order. They say it, it. They say singers are often happy because singing produces more alpha waves in your brain or something like that. I may have that backwards. Right. Oh, Absolutely true. Music creates the endorphins, mm-hmm. that the, the good chemicals that you want to have, you know, to emit. And also... Um, Oh, my goodness, I just lost the train of thought what I wanted to say. <laughs> no, I don't know. back to me. I'm looking at two songs, Val, that I think uh, are, are totally um, on topic here. One is Bam Shabam, since you talked about the Bing Bang, and the other <laughs> one is Volk Funk Monk. Which one do you want to hear? Oh, one is Funky Monkey. Do the Funky Monkey, and the other is Bam Shabam. I think... I think we should do Bam Shabam only because I wrote that song in about 19, somewhere in the early 90s or late 80s on my way to uh, Canada for a vacation with my children, driving along in the car. And it's also a sort of a tribute to Little Shop of Horrors because they have a song in there that, that is the, the same pattern. So let, let's go with Bam Shabam. It's an action okay. song. It's great. I always do it with children to get them up dancing, jumping. And I also get parents up doing this with me and i'll just say it's the last verse i make everyone combine all the actions together and it is so much fun to watch uh, i love it love the, the audience says, here we go Oh, dee-do, dee-do, a bender, bender, bend your elbow. 
which is nice to be able to do because very often an artist looks at it and goes, oh, no. So Springtime Dance Bench, I like those songs. They're, they're songs that I really like, and I just want to do them justice. When they get out there on iTunes or CD Baby, I, want, I know what I want. And it's, if it takes me longer than it takes other people, so be it. I know what I want. Okay. Well, I think everyone feels want, that way. Yeah, I think everyone who's know, who works I, in the craft feels that way. They, they really want yeah. it to be right. Yeah. Um, I have well, to go, you, everyone. I want to thank you so much. Kimberly, for thank me. you so much for, for joining us. You added so much you. to the show. Oh, thank we're going to give you a drum roll on the way out. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Please come, please come back and visit us another time. Oh, thank you. I will. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Great. Bye. Super. Um, yeah, I, I was on, or I had myself, I had a, a, a question there on thing. But what I love, again, about what you do, Val, is you give these, you know, these drum rolls and these, but, but when you assemble those, you're not just taking something off and putting in. I mean, you, you can adjust it, right? Because I oh, can Oh, yes. Hear... I mean, for example, the, the piano playing was mine there. The, 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 the background uh, horns was me just pop, pop, da, da, pop. I'm doing it on the piano, but thinking, what does a horn sound like? How, how do they answer the sort of call? There's usually sort of a call and response with the singer and the horns. And then the drums, I, I add the basic drums, and then I, I can take a drum, uh, what do you call it, a drum thing. You know, you turn your piano into drums, and so I can add whatever emphasis sounds I want uh, at a point for, for different things. So right. I... Sorry to my, and it's, but it's still nothing like a real drummer. I mean, oh, I'm, right, exactly. I want, I want a real drummer. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> now, when, uh, when I, 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 this one of the fun things about doing this show is I stumble across things. I go looking for something else, and I'll, something else. I'll hear a piece of music that I think that would be appropriate for the kids. And I'm so blessed that we should also talk about Children's Music Network. Oh yes. Children's and Music Network. Are you familiar with that, Shira? No, I, I'm not. Children's Music Network, and I'm probably not going to have the the uh, the website name correctly because I always get it mixed up, and I end up. I think it's no. I'm not going to say what it is. You do you know what it is? Do you have it, Thomas, in front of you by any chance? Uh, not in front of me. But if okay. uh, one of the th- if just just people if can you just look Google up, children right if you Google yeah. children's music network you find it okay. it is a network of people nationwide who are dedicated to children and music and sharing and for example if you have a lesson plan and you need some songs on alligators if you go on CMN um, and ask does anybody have any songs you will get sixty fantastic songs and ideas for doing things it's just a a wonderful group they're having their national convention uh, very close to DC coming up in September. And it's just a fabulous group, and there are many local uh, local groups too. There's the Mid Atlantic region, the North North the East is very active. Great group. That sounds amazing. I'm going to definitely check it out. Do yeah. do well. I uh, I found something this week, and I'd like to. If you got a couple of minutes, I'd like you to play. Show how much fun you can have with music, and that music will set the the uh, set the platform for so much room for comedy. And this is Harry Belafonte. Have you, have you oh. ever come across this? Harry Belafonte singing the banana song to the Muppets. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. I, I do it. Love great. it. Yes, yes, yes. All right, let's have a little fun here. Here we go. Yes. Daylight come and we want to go home. 
So don't worry about the tarantula. Don't worry about the pineapples and the onions. And look, this is the first time I'm doing this song on television. I really would like to get it right. And I'd like it to look good for all the people. Come on, I mean, yeah. won't you help me out? Just let's pull together. Okay, okay. okay. right. Yeah. Everybody yeah. yeah. ready? Okay? okay. Just, just, just watch me, okay? It'll work. Do you really think it'll work? Trust me. <laughs> a lipstick, hand set, hand eight and bunch. Daylight come and me one go home. Six and seven and eight and bunch. Daylight come and me one go home. Come, Mr. Danny Man, Danny me banana. Daylight come and me one go home. Come, Mr. Danny Man, Danny me banana. Show. 
and um, and please come back again because we'd love to have Silly Goose on because she she acted so well with she. I, I, Silly, did you enjoy your time with Bucky? Oh, Bucky, I think I'm in love with Bucky. Silly Goose, I <laughs> met him. I but I but he sounds so cute. Well, at least you know get to know him a little better. Okay, okay, I'll come back and get to know him better. All right, we'll do that. And Shira, well, you I, keep up with teaching and writing music, and many great songwriters cannot sing a lick. So okay. don't ever let that stop you. Okay. When I'm well, you know, producing I, music to do the kids in any way that I can. Oh, awesome. great. Well, hopefully this program is doing it. I, I call this. I love to sign off with this song because it's something I hope we're building as a bandwagon for everybody to get on and, and celebrate music and kids and stories and comedy and, and all of the things that make life fun. So thanks. So I've got much, people. We'll, uh, we'll see you hopefully in a, in, a, in a future show. Okay, super. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Here it is, Bandwagon by Joni Leeds. <laughs> One, two, one, two, three. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Well, I brought my voice today. Get up, get up on it. I'm gonna make some noise today. Get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. I brought my banjo today. Just get up, get up on it. Begin strumming all day just to get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. 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 Get up, get on the band
Get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it. Get up, get on the bandwagon. Just get up, get up on it